ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life's Radio WrestleMania Mega Show. That's right. We have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six people on this episode. That was my LeBron James impression. Hope you all enjoyed it. First and foremost, I want to introduce my lovely sister-in-law, Riley. Say hi, Riley. Hi, Riley. That's Micah's quote, but that's fine. (laughs) I also want to introduce Rain from WWE What If. How are you doing, Rain? Hey, doing good. And then we have the WrestleLife Hills daughter, Aaliyah. Hi. And of course, returning for the first time in a solid, what, six months, we have the WrestleLife Hill, Chris Cumbie, and my little brother, Micah. Chris comes before Micah because even though he was fifth in the introduction order, he is number one in my heart. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, we're so glad to have you back, Chris. And of course, we're glad you're here too, Micah. I didn't mean to make you an afterthought. Yeah, it's like, we have Chris and he goes on this long thing and Micah's here too. <laughs> you're here all the time. Feel the love. Feel the love. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So the way we're going to do this episode is going to be a little different than normal. So what we're going to do is we are going to uh, go through all the matches, and we're only going to have a couple people review each match, just because there are, what, eight matches, and there's six of us, so if we all did it, it would take absolutely forever. Um, And then, of course, we will pick predictions. We'll do that off-air, and then we will, uh, uh, when we have the actual night two review, we'll, you know, do picks, but bluntly, Mike is winning pretty significantly, I think, so. I always win. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. So Drew Gulak versus Cesaro is how WrestleMania opened. But actually, before we get into that, I need, I need, I need to do something. I needs it. It's been a long time, and I needs it. Chris, Chris Cumbie. Yes, sir. Do you know what today is? Today is uh, April the fifth, twenty twenty, and uh, there, there's there's something we have to announce today, and I need you. I, I, we didn't prepare for this, so I have no idea if you know what I'm talking about. Remember, remember that thing you used to do every day at the beginning of the show? Yeah, Yeah, I need you. I need you to give me your best because it's been a long, long time. So let's let's do it. Let's make it good. Man, I haven't warmed up or anything. Let's we'll give it a shot. Here we go. All right, let's do it. This day in wrestling history. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. We've all been trying to fill in. It's just, no one can do it quite like Mr. Cummy can. <laughs> That's so That's much true. better than Matt does it. Hey, whoa, whoa. Better. Absolutely. Not so much better. Absolutely can. Absolutely, Matt. Absolutely better. It's true. 100%. Today is April 5th, 2020, which means it is the 34th birthday of the Queen, Charlotte Flair, and the 64th birthday of someone that just competed on Impact excuse me, on Dynamite just a few months ago, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page, who jumped off the top rope onto the outside at 63. My gosh. Wow. It's all a yoga. Mm. Does anybody know DDP's real name without Googling it? DDP's not his on his birth certificate? No. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not Mr. DDP? <laughs> it's Page Joseph Falkenberg. PJ. What a that's a great name. Why didn't he go by that? I don't the think Falkenberg. I <laughs> no, I like Dallas Page better. We're going we're going to pass on that. So, WrestleMania opened with possibly the greatest intro I have ever seen in all of my life. There were pirate themes and it was like epic and then this like comedian guy was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Wait a second. We need to back up." And then they back up, they back up some more. 
and he's cracking jokes the entire time while they're showing this ridiculous, basically Pirates of the Caribbean thing. And like Seth Rollins, whom I still hate, had a curb stomp onto the ground to destroy a giant enemy crab. It was, it was so cool. Like I'm sitting there and my wife, as soon as my wife looks at me and says, well, I'm officially pumped. And I said, 100%. Like it was just so cool. Does anyone disagree? Did it? Was anyone disappointed in it? Yes. Aaliyah has something to say. Oh no, Aaliyah. Did you not like it? No, I thought it was very, very cheesy. What? No, it was so good. No, it was horrible. Fifteen-year-old <laughs> just scolded you, man. Yeah, no. I have you a, know, I have a feeling they were gonna go all serious with it, and they had this whole promo prepared. And yeah. then when this whole virus thing happened, they were like, "Okay, this is a little much for an empty arena in front of no one." So then they added in the uh, the joke bits and all that, and. I, I I much prefer the fact they kind of made fun of themselves. If they would have just played it serious, that would have been a little much, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, did everyone watch the pre-show? Yes. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> so, Chris, Drew Gulak versus Cesaro. I really enjoyed this match and thought it was a lot of fun. It was a little short, but it was a pre-show match. What do you want? And Cesaro actually got the win. I'm pretty sure this is Cesaro's first win since 1492, <laughs> which is uh, which I believe is the, that's the year Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right? That is true. That is yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what did you think? You know, I really liked this match. Um, I like both these guys a lot from what we've talked about in the past. Um, it was super fast. It felt like it was a five minute match, but they packed yeah. so much into that five minutes that it was. Uh, I was like. I stood up and looked around and said, is this going to be the match of the night? <laughs> <laughs> it, honestly, though, it really could have been. It wasn't. But I tell you, these two guys are so talented. If they would have given them 15, 20 minutes, I would have watched that and been just as happy. But, I mean, honestly, I thought they did just a fine job with the time that they were given. And, honest, I wish it was a little longer because the pre-show was an hour. And so it was unnecessary for that to be cut so short. But whatever, man. It was good. Yeah, I didn't, you did get I, didn't, I didn't need to hear Corey Graves talk for that long. Right. Yeah, you got to hear Baron Corbin do a little song, though. That's more important than Drew Gulak oh. and Cesaro wrestling. Yeah, I actually didn't see that. So tell me tell me exactly what happened. So bad. I, I didn't watch it either. I just heard about it. <laughs> so, so the idiot had a, a, a harmonica and doesn't know how to play it. He just blew it and then... <laughs> And then so he's he just started, like Elias. And then he started, <laughs> so then he started with these lyrics that were just so it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> I hate Baron Corbin and I hate him even more now. It was so bad. <laughs> yep. I, I feel you. I'm the same way. Hello, awesome. my name is King Corbin, blows on harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> so WrestleMania officially opened up. After what I thought was a really cool intro, but you know, apparently it didn't. It didn't connect with the younger generation, and we had the WWE Women's Tag Team Title match, and it was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Asuka and Kyrie Sane. And as a resident Asuka fan, Rain, I'm going to let you tell us what you liked about this match and how you enjoyed it. So what I liked about the match is we actually have new tag team champions. Okay. Although I love Asuka, I thought it was time for Asuka and Kyrie Sane to actually let go of the titles. Because let's face it, who else is out there? Who else is out there chasing for the tag titles? I can't think of anybody else but Bliss and Cross. And right. I think, I don't know if, it, if the Kabuki Warriors are due to split up. 
Um, but for now, I think it was a good decision for uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross to have the title. And I actually like the fact that Nikki Cross had her moment. I kind of wish that she ended up getting the pinfall. Um, but obviously, you know, Alexa Bliss is the bigger star between the two. So I could understand why it went the way it did last night. But uh, yeah, I am glad we have new tag team champions. Awesome. I, I agree with you. I We all talked on the pre-show about them splitting up, and I think it's probably the, for the best. Aaliyah, what, did you like this match? Would you like to add anything to that? Um, I thought the match was kind of boring. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it was good, but like, all those girls are very talented, but they weren't. They didn't really show off all their moves that they could do. I think the reality is, it, it is a it's a no fan show, so it's it takes a little bit away from it. So I, I do agree with you. I think it, it this match could have been on Raw, but considering the situation, I think they did okay with what they had to work with. I think which basically what she was like, it was it was almost too much of a let's put on a dog and pony show and scream a bunch and do a bunch of dancing versus wrestling. Okay. And that's yeah. fair. I will say that I, I told Riley when we were watching it, I was like, you know, any match Asuka is in does not feel like an empty arena match because right. she does not shut up the entire time, which is great, <laughs> which is great. If, if you have an empty arena, you don't want silence, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that was, that was pretty interesting. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Bliss Cross won. Okay. Uh, match number two. We and I had forgotten this happened. Elias versus Baron Corbin. I I, I mean, just like it, again, I wish it the, wouldn't have happened. On the pre-show, we were all like, "Yeah, we don't we don't care at all about this." And uh, I kind of feel the same way, Micah. I know how much you love Elias and Baron Corbin. I think they're your two favorite superstars in all of WWE. So go ahead. Uh, well, Chris, if you don't know, I feel about the same way about Elias and Baron Corbin about you do a certain, uh, large, uh, ape fellow, uh, that may have the, uh, WWE championship. So, so it, the, the feeling's mutual in that situation, but yeah, um, I thought this match was kind of predictable. I didn't think it was a good match. I've never seen a good match from Elias. Uh, I've seen an okay match or two from Baron Corbin. I just don't like him personally. Um, but yeah, it wasn't good. I, it would have been a lot more entertaining if this was like a street fight or something. Uh, I think they could have made that a little bit better. But no, it was, it was a boring match. It was, I don't know. It, it definitely wasn't the worst match of the night because that's coming later. But it wasn't good. So two thumbs down to this match. <laughs> Riley? Um, it was okay. I'm glad Elias won because unlike everybody else, I actually enjoy him coming out and strumming his guitar and saying, Hello, I am Elias. But I think the best thing that come that came out of this whole feud is whenever he comes out strumming his guitar and King Corbin's face just drops and he's just like, you've got to be kidding me. That's my favorite <laughs> part of this whole thing. And that's my favorite part of the match. So there you go. The only problem is Baron Corbin was a big name, right? I mean, just feuded with Roman Reigns forever. Mm-hmm. And now he loses to Elias, who's basically a jobber two months ago. Yeah. They're uh, both jobbers in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that would have been a perfect time for the Gronk to somehow do something last yeah. night. Yeah, that's true, too, because they set that up. Yeah, he yeah. did, like, he had, like, two lines the entire night. He was a great host. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I forgot to mention. Could, that's all he could remember, Micah, because... Um, that's you, true, all the, all the CTE. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that he... Uh, I forgot to mention that he was there 
and he introduced. He was there. Yeah, I mean, uh, he has another another segment later. We'll get to. Um, so the next match was Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch, and I know that at least Micah and Chris were surprised that this was so early in the night because we were chatting on Facebook, and I also was very surprised until I saw the match, which I thought was pretty disappointing. So Chris, you you now a lot of people really really liked it. So maybe you guys might disagree with me, but Chris, did you like this match? I was very disappointed in the disrespect uh, that the WWE gave to the person who's been carrying their brand for the past year. Uh, putting her third on the match card was was a slap in the face, um, and that when they gave Corbin and Elias more time than their than they did Becky Lynch. That's right. That's annoying. I mean, that's just stupid. Um, this could have been such a huge match. This could have been one of those brawls that just went over the entire, like the whole training facility, I feel. And it would have been so cool if they'd have done something like that. But instead they gave them nine minutes with a roll up pin. Like seriously, I'm looking at it right now. And it was the shortest match of the night that wasn't Braun Strowman and Goldberg. It was eight and a half minutes. Wow. So a, a lot, I mean, Cesaro and Jagulak was four minutes. So that's pre-show. So it was the second shortest WrestleMania match. And this was like one that people were really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm surprised. This actually had buildup. I mean, of, of all the matches last night, this one had the longest buildup and actually yeah. had a backstory of, you know, Becky versus these cage fighter girls, right? So yeah. like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you jump on that and gravitate and make this into something bigger than it was? Yeah. Agreed. 100%. Rain, what did you think? Did you enjoy this? Uh, it was okay for me. I, I, I totally agree with Chris. I was actually shocked to, you know, see that, you know, there was, this was the third match of the night. And at the same time, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like a Monday night raw match for me, to be honest with you. Um, And the thing that I noticed though, is that the way Becky Lynch won this match, it was another roll up. And if we look back at last year's WrestleMania, that's how she won too. So is that going to be a trend for Becky Lynch now? She's always going to win from a roll up out of nowhere, every WrestleMania. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't know. I mean, I hope not because she is definitely, Supposedly a dominant champion. It officially made it a year, so I don't know. Well, we'll see. Uh, next, we had Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. And this match, I think I said on the pre-show that Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan, if they gave them 20 minutes and told them both to go out there and do their best, that it could have been a five- or six-star match. But the reality is I knew that it wouldn't, and I was correct. Uh, this match was Sami Zayn running away for a couple minutes, uh, and then Cesaro and Shinsuke trying to get involved, but Drew Gulak handles both of them. But then they come in and distract Daniel Bryan, and Sami Zayn gets the huluva kick on Daniel Bryan, which is the only offense he had all match. And he had basically none otherwise. Um, it was very stiff, though. So if you're a fan of Japanese wrestling, they beat the crap out of each other. Uh, Micah, you did not like this match, so tell me what you thought. I, I didn't. I liked... So it's not so much that I didn't like the match. One of the perks, I think, of the MD Arena was you could really hear the wrestlers trash-talking, and the ones that actually took key in that did really well. Daniel Bryan Sami Zayn both did very well in the MD Arena atmosphere. Um, so did uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins later. But I, 
I would have been fine with this match if it would have been Sami Zayn running away, Sami Zayn running away, Sami Zayn seeing an opening and then taking charge and getting some offense in. But it was Sami Zayn running away. You had a bunch of overbooking on the outside, a bunch of interferences running around. And then you had one kick and he won. And I think that really devalues Daniel Bryan. I mean, yeah, it was a really hard kick, but it's... It didn't come off well to me. It just seemed, it made Daniel Bryan look kind of like a dweeb to me. And I think he deserved better. And I think they could have put on a really good match if allowed. Um, I, I did like the one spot where Daniel Bryan went to let Sami Zayn leave. He was going to let him get counted out because that's what Sami Zayn wanted to do. He wanted to get counted out so he could run away. And he, he made him think he was letting him. Then he chased him down the ramp and threw him in. That was pretty cool. But yeah, I think this could have been a good match, but I think it was ruined by the finish. And if a match has a bad finish to me, it's a bad match. So That's fair. Riley, do you agree? Um, I agree mostly. I actually enjoyed the match. Um, I didn't mind all the stuff going on around the ring. Um, it was weird because he got that one clothesline in, like in the middle of the match at some point, and then he hit the Huluva kick at the end. Uh, to beat him and I guess it kind of makes sense if you think about it because Daniel Bryan was beating him up like the whole entire match except for the parts where he was running away obviously but I mean he got kicked and just fell out I I don't know I can see it from where he was his body was tired maybe he just received it I don't know it might be too deep but I was a little surprised it wasn't finished but I thought the match was just fine I, I didn't Love it, but considering Sami Zayn's character, I thought it was kind of what it needed to be. So, uh, Triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. And Aaliyah, I'm going to let you start this one. So basically this was Kofi, Jimmy Uso, versus, and John Morrison because The Miz had to pull out. Uh, and so they made it a singles triple threat for the tag team titles. So I'm glad that John Morrison didn't lose because I cannot imagine transferring tag team titles in a singles match. That would have drove me crazy. Uh, there was a spot in this where Jimmy o- Uso looked at Kofi Kingston, and he said, come on, Kofi, I'll flatten your face like a pancake, boy. And I laughed out loud. It was terrific. Uh, I thought this match was great, as these three guys pretended that there was a crowd there because it was really great. So, Aaliyah, what did you think? Do you agree with me? Did you like this match? Um, I did like this match very much. There were lots of times where we were all you know, out of our seats and jumping. So I thought it was a great match, but I did not like the ending at all. I just think that Kofi and um, the Usos, they try really hard, and then John Morrison kind of just comes back and gets to win it all. That's right. So let me explain the finish, because I've seen a lot of people say that. So basically, they had the generic finish where all three guys are up on the top of the ladder. They were all grabbing the belt. The belts, excuse me, because both belts are up there, even though it was a singles match. Uh, And so John Morrison is holding onto both belts. He gets double headbutted by Jimmy Uso and Kofi Kingston. He falls back onto a ladder, holding the belts, bounces off the ladder and drops them, rolls off the ladder, grabs the belts, and he's declared the winner. So Chris, what did did you think of the match, and and specifically the finish? Uh, Well, honestly, this this could have been the... This was very close to the match of the night. Uh, when, yeah. When you got these three guys, I mean, they are they're When you put these three into a ladder match, it's going to be amazing. Um, and, and in fact, I loved the match. I loved everything about the match. Uh, 
But I, I agree with Aaliyah. Like, I think a tag team should have the tag team titles. You know, right. We just put Miz and Morrison together because they were together back in the 2010s, which was 10 years ago. Right. Back when they were a tag team 10 years ago and just gave them the titles. This is stuff that you, that back when I was on the show, we talked about this all the time. Why yep. did they put tag team titles on two random dudes? Like yeah. The Usos and the New Day are the best tag teams that they have that are actually on TV other than the Revival who aren't on TV. Um, but, and so I, I feel like one of them should have won. And I get that we don't want it to change hands when you only have one guy. Uh, but I still would have preferred, but all in all, the match was amazing. And we all laughed out loud too. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to flatten your face like a pancake boy. <laughs> it was so good. That, so, I agree with the ending, and I thought that it was a little weak, but I do applaud the WWE for trying it because I think this is something that you couldn't do if you didn't have the opportunity to reshoot it because there's such a large chance of there being a problem with something like that happening. So I, I was okay with it because it's likely something that we'll never see again. So uh, no no major issues. I think you can definitely tell in this match and also in the first match I noticed, there are cuts. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you uh, listen to Wrestling Observer, but they had they had mentioned that there were cuts in several matches. Um, I saw it in the first match with uh, the women's tag team title, and oh, I yeah, also I saw it during it this match. Um, the the ladder spot with Jimmy Uso, I believe there was probably a crash pad outside the ring. Yeah, um, because it just frames him out. Otherwise, he would be dead. Right. Um, so I, I get it in this situation. You know, take advantage of that. But it was it was definitely noticeable, which is you know, it, it could have been edited better. But you know, they're given the circumstances. I don't know. I mean, they are yeah. a multi billion dollar company, so they can afford an editor. Um, but it, I really liked this match. That was really good. Um, I also is, didn't mind the ending. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really mind the ending because he's a heel anyway. Like, yeah, I I didn't want the tag team belts to be changed, just like Matthew said, and. Uh, I, I think the Kofi and uh, Jimmy are the better performer as far as tag team performers. Definitely. Um, also, I, I don't know if we mentioned uh, JBL is on commentary for this. I don't think we mentioned right. that. J, JBL and Michael Cole, and they could not have sounded like two older farts during this match. <laughs> uh, <in my> opinion. <laughs> they were, Michael Cole just keeps on bringing up the fact that J John Morrison does parkour. It's like, yeah, he did 10 years ago when he was 30. I mean, yeah, he still does some high-flying moves, but this is wrestling now. It's not like he's the only one that does it. Right. You know, Kofi Kingston does did crazier stuff in this match than than John Morrison did. I don't know. I don't. I don't like. I don't like a lot of the commentators sometimes. Um, I thought JBL did an all right, all right uh, job for being a terrible person. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, he reminded me a lot of a younger Jerry Lawler, but. Uh, you know, I, Wait, I don't know. Maybe when Morrison did that like corkscrew thing off the top of the uh, pole, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, it was like a, it was like a starship pain, but it was he didn't do the he didn't do it backwards, he did it frontwards. Yeah, um, that was really cool. And then uh, was it the Hurricane Rana that Kofi hit? That was it was like pretty yeah. ridiculous on uh, on Jimmy. Do you want to know what my favorite spot of this match was? And it's so simple, and you guys are probably going to think I'm ridiculous. Is it where he pushes the ladder on? Yes. There was a yeah. spot where Jimmy Uso pushed a ladder at John Morrison, who covered up 
but then the ladder like went over him, so he like went inside the ladder, and he like looks up all shocked, and Jimmy Uso doesn't know what to do, so John Morrison just pokes him in the eye. Yeah, I marked so big for that. It was so good because it's like you don't see that stuff anymore. Right. It's like old yeah. school heel. It had a little bit of comedy in there, but it was realistic and believable. It was great. Yeah, I thought that was a good spot too. Yeah. So here we are to our first of three main events of the evening, and all six of us are going to talk about this these next three matches. But I think it's important because these matches are all a main part. Before we do that, and I don't remember what part of the show, I think it was after Kevin Owens and, and Seth Rollins, but we're going to go ahead and talk about it. Our truth who is a genius, decides to go to Mojo Raleigh and Rob Gronkowski and say, hey, can you guys... Uh, can you guys hide me because I'm sick of, you know, trying to defend this title. You got to do it 24 seven. You know, it's crazy. And I'm like, Mojo, it's like the person that took it off you last time. Why in the world would you go to him to, for protection? It makes no sense. So yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you noticed it either. I don't know if you put it together. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy for putting it together, but our truth is like, I can't go to picnics. I can't go to any gathering. I can't go to church. I can't do nothing. And I'm thinking, yeah, nobody can. It's, it's a <laughs> stay at home order. Get it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought that was really funny. And I'm pretty sure knowing our truth, he did that knowing putting it in yeah. there. Yeah. He's very funny. 24 it was a great way. 7-Eleven, I-95, South, North. Our <laughs> truth is great. Yeah, I thought that was funny to put in there. Uh, that's the most that WWE's probably mentioned the pandemic, really. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, so Gronk goes to pin him. Like He just like shoves him down, goes to pin him. And then Mojo Raleigh pulls him off and then gets the three count. And then Rob Gronkowski's like staring at him and he's like, oh, I'm right here. I'm not running from anyone. And then runs away. And then runs away. <laughs> <laughs> So whatever, it was fine. You know, this was unnecessary, but it got Gronk on TV, which I guess is the point. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to break him and Mojo up. I don't really care. You know, I don't like Gronk, and I'm not a big fan of Mojo either. So just whatever. Well, who knows? He might get it back tonight. That might be a set a setup for him to get uh, it back figured, tonight. Yeah, I think Gronk is going to win it tonight. Actually, mm-hmm. so can be one hundred. Could be the one hundredth winner of his one hundred victories. Yeah. He's got I like think he's had it. He has you know, he's got like 41. He's the most in history. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, he passed Raven. Raven had like 27 with a hardcore title, I think. And he, he passed him a long time ago. How long, is Gronk's, uh, how long is Gronk's contract? So we got a lot of this left, don't we? I don't know. I don't know, though. Cain <laughs> Velasquez signed like a three-year contract. We saw him once. Yeah, in like a three-minute match. So Terrible match. Uh, Big money. Okay, Gronk let's go. Let's ball. Gronk get touchdown. Throw <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. And I almost lost my mind at this match because I was so darn irritated. And then they brought it back. And it, I thought it was great. So Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, they wrestle for, I don't know, 10 or 12 minutes. And Seth Rollins is like, screw this, grabs the ring bell and smashes Kevin Owens over the head with it. And so Kevin Owens went by disqualification. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. There is no way. None that Kevin Owens can win by disqualification at WrestleMania. We can't have a DQ at WrestleMania, and I was none too happy. And then, as Seth Rollins is going up the ramp, Kevin Owens is like, hey man, don't be a coward. How about we have a no DQ match right now? And Seth's like, you'll never learn, you're never learning, Kev. You'll never learn, you fat piece of crap, which was funny. I think Chris actually is the one that messaged me that line. It was very good. 
So they had a no DQ match, but here's what's important. Seth Rollins is on the announce table as Kevin Owens climbs up the, I don't know, the graphic. Is that what it's called? The WrestleMania sign? Sign, yeah, the WrestleMania is huge. It was way yeah. up there. And he jumps off with no fans, no pop, probably not much of adrenaline, jumps off and lands on Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins sold this like a champ. He sounded like he was dying. He was wheezing, and you could hear it clearly because there's no fans. Kevin Owens obviously was in pain. He picks him up, tosses him in the ring, and Seth Rollins wheezing says, no, no, Kev, let's talk about this. As Kevin Owens stuns him, Seth Rollins takes the worst stunner I've ever seen, but Micah did point out that maybe he's just half dead, and maybe that was, he was just selling that his body was done for. One, two, three, Kevin Owens wins two times in one night. So, WrestleLife heel, Chris Cumbie, tell me what you thought of this match. So, so whenever Seth Rollins first comes out in his Jesus outfit, um, my first thought was, why doesn't he have stigmata? Because, you know, he's coming right. out with his hands out, and I was just waiting to see that because it's almost Easter time, and then no crown of thorns or anything, and I was kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah. He comes out, like, in this Jesus Messiah character, and um, you, it, the first part of the match, you know, it, it, it was so-so, it was okay, then the DQ, I just thought that was stupid. Um, but then when they started to back up, man – I know there was nobody in the arena when he jumped off the sign, but I shouted like there was because holy right. crap. Uh, you know, he, he dropped that elbow perfectly. Um, I, I really, really, really like this match a lot. Uh, I didn't think I was going to, to be honest with you, uh, but I was very, very, very pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a fantastic match. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Aaliyah? Um, I liked the match at first. You know, it was kind of like, seriously this is how it's gonna be but then when he got up on the sign it took me a minute to like realize what just happened and it was it was crazy yeah it was nuts it's what it was a legitimate wrestlemania moment in a wrestlemania that i thought wasn't going to get any that was really cool rain so i'm actually glad that seth rollins didn't end up winning this one because i thought that would be one of the huge upsets of the night so yeah. Owens getting to win that whole Wrestlemania moment I thought he really deserved it it actually reminded me of when Shane McMahon crashed onto the Miz at Wrestlemania oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and again like I said I, I think Kevin Owens deserved that Wrestlemania moment because going into this match you know how Seth Rollins was calling him a failure and you know he's not going to be he's not going to have his own Wrestlemania moment so this was a good payoff for this story. Yeah. Agreed. Riley? Um, I also agree. And I'm glad that Rain pointed that out too, where he was like, you know, you've never had a WrestleMania moment. It's always been failure. And there he was on top of the WrestleMania sign and with no audience. And there he, he just like slammed onto Seth Rollins, which was so awesome. Um, this match, I was so happy that I was worked. Like I was, I was gonna be so upset because I mean we've had this this same type of match over and over again where people are disqualified and Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens wins from disqual disqualification and they don't actually get like a payoff. But this was so good right. um, at the end. Like whenever it was happening and it was gonna be a disqualification, and Kevin Owens was gonna win. I was gonna be like, like I was pretty upset, but I was so glad I was worked. Like it was great at the end. Micah. 
Yeah, there's a lot to go through with this match. Um, first of all, we got White Power Ranger Seth back, which is, which is good. <laughs> um, you know, I I saw a comment online. I'm, I'm going to rephrase it, but it was hilarious. It said, you know, a lot of people give their bodies to Vince McMahon and throughout their entire careers, but Seth Rollins has given his soul to Vince McMahon because he's going to hell for the blasphemy of this character. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, no, I I love this match. This is definitely the match of the night. Um, Undertaker and AJ is not really a match to me. I loved it. It was great. But this is the best match of, of the night. I'm really glad, just like Riley said, that I got worked. I was really upset to see the WrestleMania taken away from Kevin Owens because he's a fantastic wrestler. And I think a lot of times he hasn't been given chances in the WWE because of how he looks, like Matthew talked about on the prediction show. Um, but I mean, if you look at his stuff in the Indies or NXT, even he is, he's fantastic. And, uh, he's one of the most believable characters of, of anyone, uh, in WWE. So I really like him and I really like Seth Rollins as a heel. I hated him as a face, just like Matthew does. Um, I don't know how he feels about him now as a heel, but I think he plays a heel very well because he's just naturally unlikable. Right. Um, (laughs) But it, and it, he, he plays that role very well. Um, so I don't, I don't want to see him as a face anymore. I think he needs to stick with the heel, heel work. Um, but yeah, to see, to see Kevin Owens jump up on top of that WrestleMania sign, like Rain said, that was definitely a Shane McMahon jump if I've ever seen it. Yeah. Uh, Shane McMahon was definitely watching on that one with approval. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, it would have been great if he could like taken JBL out on his way down. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> other than that. No, I think it was a it was it was a very good match, and this, this is as good as they could have done without an audience. Um, I'm hoping that Edge and Orton have this same sort of feel. It really felt like a street fight. They're really uh, doing a good job of. They're not only wrestling; they're cutting promos on each other while they're wrestling. Right. And at least so in the great. arena, you have to do that to make it interesting. And they did a great job of that. I'm thinking Edge and Orton will do a very good job of it tonight. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping hoping for even more matches like this. Yeah, I mean, the match was great. I just, I almost lost my mind when they said, when they got disqualified. Like, legitimately, like, I immediately tweeted out, please tell me they're not having a disqualification during a WrestleMania match. And you can ask my beautiful wife that I did not take that very well. And I also, like Riley said, I'm very glad that I was worked. I mean, it was, it just worked out really well because this is something that really should happen. In an empty arena, like you don't want to do that with fans there because you're going to have fans going irate. I'm totally cool with it in an empty arena, and I thought it worked out really well. So I was a little surprised that when they went no DQ that the rest of his disciples didn't come out. Right. Yeah, that is true. More than likely, it was probably because of the whole travel ban, I'm assuming. Yeah, they're not there. But but if I was – I was – looked over to my wife, and I was like, oh, here come – they're going to come out now. They're going to come out and jump jump him but they didn't and then when he threw down the uh, you'll never learn your fat piece of crap line came on <laughs> i lol'd at that moment <laughs> it was good it was good so speaking of the opposite of good <laughs> we're gonna Lord move to and goldberg and rain i feel like you're you're the eternal optimist of us because i listened to the show that you did with Kyle and Micah. And I think you gave those shows A's, which I yeah. think I, I commented to Micah. I'm like, yeah, this show gets an F minus for me. And he's like, I'm pretty sure Rain gave it an A. And I'm like, what? So I'm like, I'm like, gosh, you did not. And you did. 
So I'm going to just kind of say what happens, and then I'm going to let you be the first person to tell me what you thought of Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. So here's what happened. Matt, Matt, here, before you what? get started, okay. please let me say what JBL said. Okay, go ahead. Well, you want me to do it now or wait? Go ahead now. When JBL was talking about the match right before it started, he said, don't blink because these two guys don't get paid by the hour. <laughs> and that's what happened. So we had, I think this is the exact sequence. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Spear, 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 spear. What? Uh, failed power slam. No, no, power slam, spear, failed jackhammer, power slam, power slam, running power slam. One, two, three. Braun Strowman's your new universal champion. Yep. If, if that's not exactly what it was, it was darn close. It lasted. Here, I've got the match time here. It was two minutes and ten seconds. Two minutes. Wow. And yes, I am going to rant about this, but Rain, go ahead. Tell me what you thought. This is going to be for the first time ever I'm giving an F. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is the match of the night that got me upset because I was like, that's it? Really? Four spears? Four running power slams? That's it? We're talking about these two big guys, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. And that's all they could give us. I thought they could make the match a little bit more WrestleMania worthy, at least. But no, I was totally disappointed because I figured, you know, we already don't have, we didn't have Roman Reigns. You know, it's originally scheduled to be Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. And, you know, because of this whole thing, Roman Reigns couldn't go, couldn't be at the match. But I thought they could have planned something better. Because okay. it was it was too quick of a match. That's fair. And honestly, most of Goldberg's matches are now. And, and here's the thing. And Micah messaged me before this match started and said, man, I'm just not excited about this match at all. And I said, you know what? 13-year-old Matt is super excited. Because 13-year-old Matt loves Goldberg. And 13-year-old Matt still gets excited every time he hears that music. I never want to see Goldberg in the WWE again. 13-year-old Matt is dead. Yes, I messaged one of you, and I don't remember which one, and I said, this is Wrestling 101 and how to bury two of your biggest stars in under five minutes. Because Goldberg is buried now, but you know who else is buried? The Fiend. Bray Wyatt is now dead and buried because Braun Strowman is absolutely worthless. This is the guy that one month ago was only able to hold the Intercontinental title, his first singles title on the main roster for like 30 days before getting beat by Sami Zayn, who hadn't had a win in over a year. Braun Strowman is a joke. He is the worst WWE champion in a long, long time. And I also want to point out that this is the fool who told all the indie wrestlers who lost their money over WrestleMania weekend and were talking about selling their houses and having to go get regular jobs because they couldn't afford to support their family, that if they were able to balance their checkbook a little better, that maybe they wouldn't have to do that. You know what, Braun? Some people can't make six or seven figures a year. He was just listed at $1.9 million for 2019. I do not want to hear your giant, stupid head talk about money to these indie wrestlers who are struggling right now. I hate you, possibly more than Seth Rollins. You are a joke. You don't deserve this title. And it's, unless The Fiend defeats you this Friday night on SmackDown, 
This will be the worst, th other than Hell in a Cell, which is the worst thing in my lifetime, this will be the worst situation that happened to the WWE or Universal title in the past decade. I hated this. I thought it was the most miserable watching experience that I've ever seen. And if the Boneyard match wasn't so darn good, I might not watch WrestleMania Night 2 tonight because I hated it that much. Yeah, can I just say that Braun Strowman is fine with handouts as long as he's the <laughs> Braun Strowman is fine with handouts as long as he's the one getting handed the Universal Title, right? Oh, because yeah, he's worthless. There are four or five other ways they could have handled this that would have been. There's probably there's a millennia of other ways. Yeah. How many people do they have on their roster? They could have had that many other people face Goldberg and yeah, lose. I have like seventeen ideas right now. Yeah, I mean, they could have... Oh, say, okay, so Roman Reigns is out, right? This match had no build-up, by the way. It had a two-second card on SmackDown. That's it. They could have had Jey Uso come in, say, hey, my cousin can't make it, but I'm going to come in, and I'm going to wrestle Goldberg, and he could have lost. And re guess yeah. what? Goldberg could actually wrestle Jey Uso. He can't wrestle Braun Strowman because he only knows two moves, and he can't do a jackhammer against a 400-pound man. Right. Why would you put Braun Strowman against Oldberg? I don't, oh, I don't no, get it. No, he was Beard Goldberg. Yeah. It was Beard versus Beard. They couldn't have Spear versus Spear, so they did Beard versus Beard. Um, it was so bad. They could have had Jey Uso come in. They could have had him get squashed. All right, they could have, That would have been fine. They could have had The Fiend interfere. They could have had The Fiend come in and kill Goldberg. That would have been fine. Yep. They, they could have done um, a, so many things. They could have had Roman Reigns' music hit. And him not come out, and it be counted out, and come to find out that somebody else had attacked him, and he wasn't able to come up with it. They could have done so many other things. What about they could have promoted Daniel Bryan to this match, and then put Drew Gulak in the Intercontinental Title. I think that's the most yes. obvious thing they could yeah. have done. They could have done. They could have done that, and 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 Daniel Bryan might get a good match out of Goldberg. I don't know. <laughs> they could have. They could have done so many other things. He never. But wait, wait, wait. He never won against the Fiend, though, right? Who Daniel Bryan? No, he did not beat the Fiend. Yeah, and the Fiend got. Yeah, the Daniel Bryan's buried so. now too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> by proxy. It's it was so bad. This is this is yeah probably the second worst match I've seen in WWE. Um, and um, you know we've got Brock Lesnar, we've got Brock Lesnar Senior, and that's how I feel about it. And Oldberg <laughs> is Brock Lesnar Senior. That's exactly um, it. This is a Brock Lesnar match. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. No, Brock, Brock Lesnar wouldn't sell for two minutes and then lose though. Okay, so wait a second. I, what? <laughs> Brock Lesnar wouldn't sell for two minutes and then lose. Brock no, no, no. God forbid Brock Lesnar ever loses. Ever. <laughs> God forbid okay. that stupid Neanderthal could ever do in a real wrestling match in real fucking life. Brock Lesnar's at night too. Go ahead, Riley. I was just going to say, um, oh gosh, I, I think I forgot what I was going to say. But, <laughs> I, so, okay, 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 okay. All things aside, like literally everything aside, I was glad. Okay, okay, and I mean like everything aside, even the fact that Braun said those terrible things about indie wrestling, um, I was kind of surprised at the outcome, and I kind of liked that because I expected Goldberg to retain so he could uh, lose against Roman Reigns because I thought that's what they were gonna do. Um, but I was kind of like my mouth just was like open. It would have been better. It right. might have been better, but I mean, I I actually enjoyed the ending. I don't know. I'm a, I don't know. I haven't been watching it like watching WWE very long. I liked but, Braun I mean, Strowman when I started watching, but he's been killed for me. Yeah, and he doesn't deserve the title. Yeah, 
So for this match, you know, I, when he came out, I was very disappointed because I didn't, I was, I told Raquel, I said, okay, so at one point he's going to go spear Goldberg. Goldberg's going to move. He's going to knock himself out in the pole because that's what he always does in every match. And he didn't run around the ring and hit Goldberg. So I was very disappointed that I didn't get to see Braun Strowman's two only moves. Right. <laughs> he runs around yeah, the I, and knocks people over. He didn't do that this time. No. He must have turned off his gravitational pull for the night because <laughs> the pole didn't pull him to it tonight. All right. He didn't he didn't slam into the pole or anything. Honestly, though, I, I kind of felt like this was going to happen. Uh, Goldberg could not – he's not going to retain – that long uh he's just he's not built for that he's in the geriatrics ward at this point i mean he's most prone for coronavirus than anybody because of how old he is he shouldn't have been wrestling to begin with so uh i kind of felt like okay they're gonna give this to braun it's just it's it's bound to happen okay Aaliyah, would you like to add anything now that we've all uh, successfully ranted and uh, about how much we hate Braun Strowman and Goldberg? She enjoyed laughing at you while you were screaming. So, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't really. I did not enjoy this match at all, one bit. I kind of thought it was pointless. Like it just, it really should have been. They could have put someone else in, and it could have really been something. But it was, it was nothing. Yeah. Just just to point out, I would rather have seen Marco Stunt versus Goldberg. Yeah. I think that would have been a great match. Like Lance Archer versus Marco Stunt. That was awesome. That was great. <laughs> it wasn't awesome for Marco. It was awesome for everybody else. No, I uh, bet so you loved it. Let's talk about the Boneyard match. And I don't even – I'm going to do my best to describe parts of this match. But here's the reality. I don't want to sit here for 15 minutes telling you guys shot for shot. But if you haven't seen this match, please go watch it. It was one of the greatest things I have ever seen in the entirety of life. And I was so mad after the Goldberg and Strowman match. And I was just furious. And then I saw this hearse pull into a graveyard. And then a, uh, what was it, the casket. The casket's pulled out of the back and the two druids lifted open. And AJ Styles in it, his music hits and he, he sits up. And it was just so good. I loved every second of it. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm back in. I'm back. I can forget about that miserable piece of uh, whatever, cinematic crap. Then now I can actually watch The Undertaker versus AJ Styles, two of the all-time greats. And then, so AJ's there, and he's like, okay, I'm here. I'm here, Mark. Where you at? And then you see The Undertaker come in on his motorcycle uh, with Metallica's We're All Dead Now playing. Yes, we know it wasn't rolling. It's fine. And so he comes in, and then they is fight. It, is it uh, fine? It, it was fine. And, and so they they come in. They fight all over this graveyard. And just a couple spots, uh, Anderson and Gallows came in. Gallows got thrown off of a roof. Anderson got tombstoned onto a roof. It was one of the most devastating tombstones ever just because of the sound that it made. It was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. There was one spot. Absolutely. There was one spot where all these druids came out, and then the Undertaker just destroyed them all, and Evil Uno immediately on Twitter says, that's not us. It was so good. I loved it. Um, the Undertaker chokeslammed AJ Styles off of a roof. They threw each other into the grave a couple times. and Basically, the ending was the Undertaker was tossed into the grave. AJ gets on top of this tractor to dump a bunch of sand all over the Undertaker and bury him. 
But Undertaker teleports behind him, and the the way this camera was set up, you've got Undertaker on the track or AJ on the track, or the Undertaker standing behind him, and then this light pouring in behind them, and then. AJ Styles is terrified as The Undertaker takes him over to the hole. And AJ's like, no, please, man. Please don't bury me, please. And, and Taker hugs him. And he's like, it's okay, man. You put up a good fight. I'm not going to bury you. And turns around. And AJ, like, bends over with his hands on his knees. I'm like, dude, you got to move. Because he's about to 300 you right down to that hole. And that's exactly what happened. The Undertaker turns around and screams, for Sparta! I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. But he did <laughs> kick AJ Styles in the chest. He went down into the hole. He dumps all of the dirt and sand onto AJ Styles. As you see, AJ's hand sticking up out of the out of the cemetery plot, and the Undertaker drives off into the sunset or the sunrise, I guess at this point. As the Undertaker's like logo comes on the screen behind you, it. They, ugh. I mean, okay. So a lot of people were like, "Oh, Matt Hardy is going to hate this." Matt Hardy did not hate it. Matt Hardy invented this type of stuff. And he put this kind of stuff on the map. Matt Hardy even came out on Twitter and said that he supports it. So if you don't like it, for Matt Hardy's sake, it's okay, guys. It's fine. Get over it. It was good. Mr. Chris Cumbie, tell me what you thought of the Bone Yard match. You mean the Buried Alive match? Yes, the Buried Alive Graveyard <laughs> match. Sure, yeah. Okay. Um, so that was so good, man. That was so cool. I loved everything about it. Whenever AJ pops up, I mean, we started dying laughing here. Um, and, you know, he came out in his, you know, American badass in, when The Undertaker came out. And, you know, it, it was just, it was just so good. Like, I, I liked how they, um, you know, they had the cut scenes. I mean, and it really, it looked so real. Like, it, it looked like they were beating the ever-loving crap out of each other. And uh, I loved the, the constant talking by both of them. You know, when yeah. Taker was like, come on, boy, come on, uh, come on, boy, come on. <laughs> and then when right, you're like a pancake boy. And then whenever he just like buried him and I think I sent you a message, I was like, so AJ is dead now, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's got very left. And all I could hear was JR's voice, right? Going, by God, no, he's got kids. So, uh, but other than that, I thought it was fantastic. It was awesome. Honestly, I can't wait to see now what they're going to do with Cena and um, and the Fiend because it's supposed to be kind of like that. So uh, uh, it just it got me even more excited for night two. And then when I realized that the show was over by ten and I could go to bed, I was so happy. Yep. Yep. That's that's exactly. It's supposed to only be a three hour to three hour and fifteen minute show tonight too, which is kind of what it needs to be. Of course, not including the pre show. Aaliyah, what did you think? This is. Probably the first time you've ever seen a match like this, right? Uh, yes. Um, when my dad told me it was going to be kind of like a movie style, I was a little skeptical about it. because I was like, oh, that's something different. But I could not stop watching it. I thought it was amazing. When they got thrown into stuff, I was like, oh, my gosh. And I, I really loved this match. It was so cool because it, it they kept elevating it, right? And it became more and more dangerous. And it's like not something you would see in an actual ring. It's, it's like something, what was that wrestling game on GameCube? Was it Day of Reckoning, Micah, where they just like wrestled on rooftops and stuff? It sounds right. Yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah, I think but you're right. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and go? So I love this. Um, I know a lot of people prefer the Deadman persona, and a lot of people grew up with the Deadman. 
but I grew up with Biker Taker. He's he's the one that I have nostalgia for. Um, so as soon as I AJ was talking, when AJ popped out of that casket, that was hilarious to me. But uh, when when AJ starts talking and I hear the Harley in the background, I'm, I told Riley, I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Biker Taker's coming in. I would have preferred Roland because I was waiting for it. And the song started playing. I don't know that song. I don't really listen to Metallica. I'm, it's a great song. And again, Roland may have been a little bit inappropriate for the situation. It's a little upbeat kind of thing. And it would have been taken away maybe from the atmosphere. But he had like, he also had um, the song, You Done It Now, You Gonna Make a Big Mistake. That song. Yeah, have been that's that. what I thought they were going to do. <clears throat> uh, that would have been a good song to do. But I, I loved every second of this. This is the way you need to handle legends from now on. Uh, Mick Foley, very quickly after twi- on Twitter, he, he added Vince McMahon and said, uh, Mr. McMahon, can I can I please have a Boneyard match next year right. at WrestleMania? Uh, this is a great way, I think, to extend the careers of your legends. If you're going to have Undertaker, if you're going to have Sting, I think Sting would be great in one of these. Um, I don't know how he feels about WWE anymore or if he still wants to work with them. It would be great in a situation like this. Even Mankind would be great. Um, I don't think they need to overdo it. Because I think this is perfect and it's great, but I don't want to see it more than maybe once or twice a year. I think it could be overdone now that I know people love it. And uh, I should also mention that this is the same director that did the uh, Hardy Boy uh, compound videos. The final deletion? Yeah. Uh, the final deletion, yeah. Not the one that did the House of Horrors or the other one. Yeah, those were bad. The White- yeah, those that didn't have the same director. This is the same director as the final deletion, which I watched that again last night. It's not great. But, you know, everybody has to start from somewhere. Right. And I think WCW did some things like this back in the day, too, right? They did, like, the junkyard matches. Yeah, but it wasn't like this. Like, this this is something that Matt Hardy created. They did kind of weird stuff. Even WWF did. They had, what was it, Roddy Piper and Gold Dust, like, wrestling on a highway. Yeah, that was terrible. Something. That was awful. Yeah. They used O.J. Simpson uh, chase scenes. They literally had yes. Goldust driving a gold Cadillac, and they intentionally had Roddy Roddy Piper in a white Bronco because they wanted to reuse the footage from OJ's chase. I remember. Yeah, I forgot about that. Wow, <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, that was that was pretty bad. Um, and and Vince McMahon specifically said that he didn't want gold gold dust to get any color, so like Rowdy Roddy Piper like was just beating the snot out of him. Uh, it was that was terrible. Anyways, back to this. Uh, it was great. The atmosphere was great. Uh, I have a couple nitpicks things I think could have been done better, but I don't really want to complain too much because I loved it. This made WrestleMania for me. Um, I look back at the WrestleManias I remember. I remember WrestleMania 20 when Chris Benoit won the title. Yes, you know, you can't say Chris Benoit anymore, but I remember that when I was a child, him and Eddie uh, hugging at the end. I remember Ric Flair's retirement. Uh, I remember Shawn versus Undertaker. I remember those big moments like that, and I think this is a WrestleMania that I'm going to remember uh, for the rest of my life, because this is just a really cool moment. Um, I would have liked to seen, I would have liked to seen Undertaker get buried before he teleported behind him. I would have loved to see him pour the pour it in, and I would love to see him in full dead man gear behind him, burying the biker taker coming out as a dead man. I think that would have been cool. Yeah, it was kind of weird to see biker taker teleport. That was a little weird. Um, but I guess it's kind of a mesh of all his uh, gimmicks together now. Right. So that's that's interesting. I would have even loved to seen. I know it's unfeasible right now with Kane being a mayor and everything going on. I would have loved to seen it being Kane teleporting behind him. And I can guarantee you, we're getting Kane in one of these matches in the near future. Yeah, almost one hundred percent. 
I, I would have liked to have seen that because it was just it was just the Undertaker versus everybody. Uh, Gallows and Anderson are dead now because when he set that roof on fire, they were still up there. Yeah, uh, or one of them was. I think it was Anderson was still up there. So yeah. they're dead now. I have no idea how they're going to write these guys back in. I think it would be great if AJ came back as the Undertaker. Uh, the AJ like, Taker. Yeah, the AJ Taker come back <laughs> in the gimmick of the Undertaker. That would be hilarious. He'd be the perfect person to just kind of poke fun at it. Because um, I don't know how he comes back from this. He's dead. In kayfabe, he's dead. Remember Braun Strowman threw Sami Zayn in a trash <clears throat> actor. He got smashed, and then he came out next week perfectly fine. Elias just got Lion Kinged off of 15 feet. That's true, yeah. <laughs> what about Rambling Rabbit? Yeah, it's true. Rambling <laughs> Rabbit comes up every week. Maybe, maybe they could have the Fiend resurrect, uh, resurrect AJ or something, and and Gallows and Anderson because they're dead as well. well no, I, I don't. Willing suspension of disbelief, guys. Willing suspension right. of disbelief. But you got to think, when The Undertaker was buried, they buried Biker Taker, and he came back as a dead man because Paul Bearer revived him. So they, they wrote stuff like that in. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe they'll have Undertaker coming back, and he'll be like, you know, I really feel bad for Wendy Styles and his kids, you know. Maybe I should, you know, get the urn out and revive him. Maybe maybe they'll do something like that. I don't know. It was it was really good. I loved it. I loved the ending there when you had the – the, he set the roof on fire a la Kane. Um, I, I made a, a joke to Riley when he teleported behind him. I was like, oh, God, we got broken Undertaker now, setting the pyro and teleporting and, and all that. It was handled much better. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was so good. I, I can't say enough how much I enjoyed it. Uh, the, the image with Undertaker on his bike there at the end was great. And honestly, I don't know how many more years Undertaker's got. I think we maybe get one more of these next year at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I think that would be perfect. Maybe him and Kane at WrestleMania next year uh, to end it. Or like I said, him and not, maybe not him and Sting, but Sting and somebody would be really good in this kind of match. Um, yeah. I don't want to see him go on too long. You know, I think he's went on too long to be an actual wrestler and wrestle in the ring. But he was still convincing as, you know, a... And not only that, but he got the crap beat out of him a couple of times. He's sitting there wheezing. It's not like he's yeah. dying. AJ Styles is just killing this old man, not realizing that he has magical powers. Um, also, Gallows and Anderson kept saying they were hitting him with a shovel. It bothered me because it wasn't actually a shovel. It was just a stick. Right. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, but, yeah, this was great. I went on long enough. I loved it. Small nitpicks, but, yeah. <laughs> All right, Riley, what you think? I really enjoyed it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, Micah pretty much said everything that I felt. But the thing is, like, I grew up with my dad watching WWE, and I vaguely remember like sitting there and hating Randy Orton, and I still don't like him today. So, I mean, he's a really good heel, um, and loving John Cena at the time. Whenever my dad would watch it, and he still watches it occasionally. So I don't, and I remember The Undertaker, but I just, I don't like remember any matches or anything. I just remember his name. Um, and AJ Styles, I wasn't too familiar with until like, I think January 1st, really. Those shows on is whenever I started watching WWE again, like for real. Um, and I think that the build up to this match was really nice. Like, I didn't like uh, the. Saudi Arabia gauntlet thing that they did with him really. But I mean, the buildup was nice and this was such a great payoff from the build up, build up to it. And I loved it. And you couldn't, I don't know. This is one thing that is 
good, that's a positive thing that has come from this pandemic because we can do stuff like this and this was amazing. And that's the end. All right. (laughs) And rain. I totally agree with Riley because for, you know, what the situation is right now, I think WWE really did a great job on this Boneyard match. And honestly, forget those Marine movies with John Cena and The Miz. And I don't even know how many people watch those movies. I know for sure I watched the one with John Cena because I love John Cena. But (laughs) forget forget those movies because this is the kind of of, uh, movies that WWE should be producing. Because I thought they were very creative. Um, Obviously, I, I wanted to see the whole match like in a wrestling ring like as if you know wrestlemania still happened but i thought this was actually really good that this i i am actually hoping that this would become a tradition for every you know legend that would be you know at wrestlemania each year like they should come up with something like this because like you guys talked about earlier most of the legends couldn't really perform at their you know peak anymore so this would be a good I don't want to say a substitute, but it's something that would compensate for for wanting us to still see them. I thought it was done really well. Um, the whole biker taker character, I loved it. I do agree, though, that it was kind of weird seeing biker taker, you know, becoming the Undertaker all of a sudden when he appeared right behind AJ's back. But overall, I thought it was really good. All right, and the final question for everyone is we are going to grade WrestleMania Night 1. So Mr. Chris Cumby, the WrestleLife heel himself, for Night 1 of WrestleMania 36, what would you grade it? So, other than a couple of mishaps, I actually enjoyed Night 1. I'm going to give this a really high B+. Um, you know what? Just give it a minus. We're going to go a minus here. And mainly because of the last three matches. Um, I was very disappointed in how they handled, um, the women's match. They should have, the, the the Corbin match should have been the pre-show match and the Drew Gulak match should have been in the actual show. They should have flip-flopped those and give those guys some time. Um, but other than that, we're going to go A- minus on night one. Wow. Aaliyah, what do you think? Um, I guess a B- minus because okay. I, I mean, there were only a couple matches that I really, really enjoyed. But for the most part, I was pretty disappointed with how everything turned out. Okay. That makes sense. Riley? Um, I would give it, ooh. So at the end of it, I turned to Micah and I was like, you know, overall, I have a very positive feeling coming, you know, from this WrestleMania night one. And so I think I'm going to give it an A minus. Um, I was going in between a B plus and an A minus. And that's weird because I'm not used to giving that grade to WWE, but I mean, I really enjoyed it. The only, like, even the Sami Zayn match, like, I enjoyed it. it the ending was kind of weird, but, I mean, I enjoyed it. The main thing I, 
Yeah. I mean, I just really enjoyed it. So I'm just going to do A minus. Okay. Rain? Uh, I'm, I'm giving it an A for effort. Um. Of course you are, Rain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I asked. I just knew it. <laughs> even, even though I gave uh, Goldberg versus Stroman an F, I mm-hmm. am basing my grade off of, you know, this is the Super Bowl of wrestling. And right. I strongly believe that WWE had done so much planning, you know, going into this year as we got closer to WrestleMania and then everything just crashed. And right. for for them to somehow still manage to put up a show to pull, you know, some of these things off, especially the Boneyard match, I thought that was impressive. And I thought that, you know, for, for what we are all dealing right now, this is something that still kind of takes us out of the situation for a bit and still kind of, you know, I guess smile in a sense and kind of enjoy at least for a few hours. And I'm glad that it's not six hours too on just one night. I actually yes. like the fact that it's kind of split up into two nights. So that, yes, definitely. And I hope they at least consider doing that again in the future. Micah. Yeah, this is funny. The WrestleMania too big for one night split in half is still less than one WrestleMania. Uh, anyways, I, I, I definitely had some low points in this, uh, pay-per-view I had zero expectations going into this though to be honest with you um obviously Braun Strowman versus Goldberg was an f-minus match uh Shayna versus Becky was the match itself wasn't so bad but it just overall I left feeling uh like something was taken from me yeah they're gonna come out of nowhere right yeah they're gonna drag it out and I didn't like uh didn't like Brian versus Zane, but I thought the tag team match was pretty good. Uh, the women's tag team match, that is. The ladder match was very good. The Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins was very good. And I don't know if I've ever been as sports entertained as I was by The Undertaker versus AJ Styles. So, very sports entertainment. Very sports entertained. Uh, I think I would give this first night probably a B plus. really. Um, I, I think this is. I enjoyed this much more than I expected. Okay. And I'm there with you, man. I, like before this started, I'm like, you know, the WWE has a tendency to make shows that I'm not expecting to be good, really good. And to make shows that I'm expecting to be great, not so great. And I, I, there were definitely some down points. Elias versus King Corbin may as well not have happened. I didn't care. Becky Lynch versus Shanna, which I was really excited about, was a major disappointment for me because I really thought it could have been something special. Uh, Sami Zayn and Dan O'Brien was fine for what it was, but I thought it could have been six stars, and it was probably like three. Um, and Braun Strowman versus Goldberg was the second most disappointed I've ever been in a wrestling match, um, which makes twice in a 12-month period. So good job, WWE. But I think the reality is that the good was just so good, right? Like, how good was that triple threat bladder match? It had no reason to be as good as it was. None. But those guys fought just like there was 100,000 fans there cheering their names. And I just, The Undertaker versus AJ Styles was something else. It was something like we may not see for a long time, or we could see tonight with John Cena versus The Fiend in the Firefly Funhouse. So I don't know, but just, I thought that the show overall was better than average, and I'm not going to give it a great grade because with Braun Strowman and Goldberg 
with a two-minute, ten-minute, two-minute, ten-second match that is as miserable as it is, can't have a great grade. So I'm going to give the lowest grade out of all of us, and I'm going to say B minus because it wasn't an incredible show, but the highs were really high. But man, the lows are really low. So I don't know. I really enjoyed it though. It's better than I thought. I was expecting to come in and give the show a D plus or a C minus. So B minus is fine with me. If night two is at least a B minus show, then I will go to bed happy. And if you think yeah, about think it, WWE set an, set an attendance record yesterday. Zero. Yeah, with zero. Not <laughs> <laughs> a great record. I saw this thing where it said, uh, I can tell my kids I've seen the least amount of people with zero and the most amount of people with, what, 100-something thousand. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, they always inflate their numbers anyway, so I'm surprised they didn't say something stupid. Like, no, oh, we set a record with 246,000 here at the Performance Center. I'm like, all right. With they had millions of people watching at home. <laughs> you know, so they're definitely going to combine the watchers of night one and night two to say oh, this is 100% they they're are. definitely going to yeah. do that. They always it, do that. Honestly, if they put the nights together, it may still not reach, but I don't, I don't know. Mm. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 95 of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you all. For attending, Aaliyah, we appreciate you. Riley, always good to have you. The Russell Life Hill, Mr. Chris Cumby, we're so glad to have you back. I hope you're on again very soon. And Rain, if you will please tell us the best way to find you on all of social media. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash WWE What If, on Instagram at WWE What If, or on Twitter at WWE underscore What If. And then Mr. Russell Life Hill. Would you like to give out that Twitter? Yes, on Twitter I am at Russell Life Heal, and I also have a YouTube channel, uh, which is just YouTube slash Chris Cumby. And you play music in that channel, correct? Yes, so that's what I've been kind of doing since I've been gone. Uh, I've been focusing on my podcast. for uh, I, I also preach, so I've been doing my preaching podcast, which is 220 Ministries, and uh, uploading music with my beautiful daughter. And speaking of your beautiful daughter... Is she allowed to give away her social media? No, she's not. Okay, then we're not going to do that, Riley. I know, I know you want to do yours. So go ahead, Riley. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Rybugsen. So that's R-I-B-U-G-S-E-N-N. Thanks. Micah hasn't a social media, but as always, he is also not allowed to give it away. And yeah, my parents don't let me give that out either. So. <laughs> Life map. You can follow me on Instagram at Twitter. Please follow us all on Instagram and Facebook at Wrestle Life Radio and Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. Let us know what you think of this mega show. We're going to be doing it again tomorrow with some more guests. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you listen on Spotify, Radio Public, what? iTunes, Google Play. I don't know. If you're listening to us, you can find us on any podcast platform ladies and gentlemen this has been the review episode for wrestlemania night one we will see you all tomorrow for wrestlemania night two too big for one night rest in peace